You're listening to the Firm Foundation Church Podcast, where you'll get weekly episodes featuring your favorite sermons straight from our in-person Sunday services. Check it out. Uh, we've been in a vision series over the, this is going to be week number five. We've just been taking time to say, okay, Lord, what is it that you're saying specifically to us as Firm Foundation Church in 2023? Uh, so this is a process that we do at the very beginning of every year, and we say, Lord, would you give us one word to stand on? One word that we can corporately stand on together and individually um, adopt into our lives and say, okay, God, we're believing that this is what you're going to be doing throughout the year, and so this is going to hold us. This is going to hold us firm. This is going to keep us from being shaky. And, uh, and so the word that the Lord gave to us, which I believe is a prophetic declaration for this year, is the word positions. And we're talking about this word position for two main reasons. One, because I believe God is saying we are positioned exactly where we need to be as we're starting this year. You're where you need to be. You're exactly where you need to be right now. But there is going to be a need for continual growth, a need for continual positioning that we are doing in our lives as we're saying, okay, Holy Spirit, what area of my life needs to be surrendered to you? What area of my life needs to be given over and allow you to take control so that we can remain positioned by the time we reach the end of this year? And so I know God is getting ready to do some incredible things. Uh, we have been looking at Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 16 and 17, and we read that together very first week, so I don't have time to go into it. But there is a command that's given to the people. It says that you will not even need to fight. Just take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. I believe that's what the Lord is saying to us. Take your position, show up. Be husband, be father, be friend, be employee, be supervisor, be neighbor. Show up and be who I've called you to be and watch what I can do through your obedience of just showing up and being present. And so I believe that's what the Lord is saying to us. And so we've taken, this will be week number five, where we're looking at this word and saying, okay, Lord, what does this mean for us now? Help us to define it. And so what I believe the Lord is saying to us is that we need to position ourselves for breakthrough. There's some breakthrough that needs to happen in our lives corporately and individually. We also need to be positioning ourselves and our identity, who you are and whose you are. It's so important that we do not lose track of our identity inside of Christ Jesus. And then we need to be rightly positioned in our households. I want to encourage us, this is a place we've got to win. This is a place where the Lord is saying, I need you to battle. I believe everything is kind of hinged on this victory of whether or not we're going to be successful in our families. Husbands, lead your families. Wives, support them, care for them. Work together as you serve your your kids or your grandkids or as you're maybe preparing for that season of your life that's coming one day. And just begin to rightly position yourselves. And, And then last week, Tim Schwartz shared an amazing word about us needing to be rightly positioned in our professions. What do you do for a living? I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, right? That's what Tim talked about. It's such a good word. It's so important that we do not lose track that God has called us to this great commission of go ye therefore into all the world, preaching the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a calling that is for all of us. And so I want us to never lose track of that's priority number one. 
And then everything else just kind of fits in around it from there. And so today we're going to wrap up this series. And the title of today's message and the thing that I feel like the Lord put on my heart to share with us is the word promise. We need to be positioned in promise. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We ask that you help it to come alive in our hearts and our minds. Speak to us. Lord, help us to know what's true and what's false. Lord, help us to know what is the strategy of the enemy and what it is that you're trying to pull out of us in the season of life. God, I thank you for every single person that's under the sound of my voice, and I pray your blessings on their life, over their marriage, over their families, over their work, Lord, everything it is that you've called them to. And Lord, we ask that you continue to lead us by your Holy Spirit today and help us to be positioned in promise. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to talk about the importance of being positioned in promise. Uh, Do you know and believe that God is a promise keeper? Do you know and do you believe that your God is a way maker? We got a couple of amens. You know, we sing songs like this and we, we read about these ideas in the Bible and in the moment we get excited. We, we worship and we sing them out. You are a way maker, a promise keeper. That's who you are. All of your promises are yes and amen. These are songs that we sing and we get excited and passionate and stirred up because we believe it in the moment. But then what happens? Monday comes up. It comes a knocking. And I'll just be vulnerable with you for a moment. There's at times where I have to say, okay, Lord, what is your promise in this season of my life right now? I'm not seeing the way through at the moment. I believe that you are good and that's your promise, but where is your goodness in the midst of this circumstance that's staring me in the face? How many of you can say that's where you've been on some Mondays? And Sundays, right? That's a struggle that we encounter at times. Like, okay, are your promises yes and amen? Or are they just sometimes and we don't know when we can count on them? And, and so I want you to know this morning that God's word is full of promises to you. It is full of promises, more than I could count and share with you this morning. But God's, uh, here's just kind of a synopsis of what a lot of these communicate. God's promises us that we will experience his goodness. God promises us that he will be near us, that he'll be with us. God promises that he will be our provider. He promises to answer our prayers. And he promises salvation to those that call on his name and surrender their lives to him. These are promises that we can find in his word. So why do we struggle with this at times? I think in order to to know and understand his promises, we've got to study his word. We've got to know it. We've got to underline it. We've got to call some things out to say, okay, God, this is what you said in Genesis, in Psalms, in Proverbs, in Matthew, and in Revelations. And so I'm standing on this is who you are. And so we've got to understand the word. This is why we've got to be on a daily basis because it reminds us of God's promises to us. And I know maybe you're here this morning and God's given you a word for this year. We prayed and fasted as a church for 21 days. We sought the Lord together and we said, Lord, would you give us a word for this year to stand on? And so I'm believing the Lord spoke to you. He spoke to me. 
And so there's some words that we are standing on. He's, he's calling us to some things. He's promising some things to us as we navigate this year. And, and maybe there's some things that he's promised us in different seasons of life. And maybe those promises were fulfilled. But I'm guessing also some of those promises haven't been fulfilled yet. You're holding on to some things and saying, God, I believe this is what you said, but I haven't seen it yet. So what do we do in the middle while we're waiting? While we're waiting for those things to be fulfilled, we can easily lose hope. And we can wonder if our God really is a promise keeper and a way maker. Will he really do what he said that he was going to do? I just want to make a little side note to this message this morning. I want to encourage you uh, in this. Like, we need to differentiate between the promises of his word and the words that we sense from his Holy Spirit. You know, as we are looking at this word positioned, we're holding this word loosely. I don't really understand fully what this means for this year. I've got some ideas of what I could guess and assume and some things that the Lord has spoken to me of what it looks like for us to be positioned as a church. But everything, I, the way I look at this, my life and my walk with the Lord isn't only through this promise that he's given to me. And so I think sometimes we have to be careful with those promises that we don't put it so, uh, make it so bold in our lives that we can't even see the other little things that God's trying to do in the italicized part of it, right? Does that make sense? Like, it's important for us to hear from the Holy Spirit, to be led from Him. We also have to remember we have human brains. We have human understanding. We only see in part and know in part. And so we can't fully see the full picture and understand what He's doing. And so we just have to take one obedient step after another obedient step after another obedient step. And let me give you an example of what I'm trying to communicate to you this morning. God called Christine and I to adoption a long time ago. And so we started the adoption journey. We said, okay, Lord, what does adoption look like for us? And through a process of praying through things and seeing what was physically available, we felt like God called us to international adoption. I said, okay, Lord, where? And he said, Ethiopia. Okay, so we pursued that. For five and a half years, we pursued that. Five and a half years of being pregnant. Mamas have to be pregnant for nine months with a physical baby in their womb, and that's too long sometimes, it feels, right? But five and a half years, we felt like we were pregnant and waiting on this promise and this calling that God had had for us. And you know what? We did not adopt from Ethiopia. I didn't understand it. All I knew was to take an obedient step. And it was through this journey and this waiting that God said, that's okay, because I've got a son that needs to be placed in your family. And he's not going to be born until five and a half years later. And so I've got to get you in this process. I've called you to it. I need you to be in the season of waiting. I need you to be in the season of preparing yourself with legal documentation that you need so that you can adopt. I need you to fundraise and get the finances and start saving so that you will be in a position to take that son home that I've called you to adopt. And so for five and a half years, we waited. Did we miss it? We just didn't fully understand with our human eyes and understanding of what God called us to. 
And so it's important that we just take that obedient step of faith and continue to follow him and trust him. And uh, here's something else that I know to be true as we're, as we're talking about promise this morning. Promise isn't always something that is uh, beautiful. <laughs> promise sometimes is difficult. In fact, the word of God says it's a cross that you're going to have to bear. Promise isn't always bright and shiny. You know, we are like children. That's what God's word says. And so he says, listen, you don't understand everything it is that I have for you. And so maybe you've got some difficulty you've got to walk through. Maybe you've got the season of waiting that you're going to have to just trust me in, but know that I'm doing it for your good. And so we need to understand that there are some incredible things and promise that we get excited about and get to celebrate because that is who God says he is. And we believe in that, but that also means that there's going to be some hard things that we have to walk through. So is that okay to to be able to understand that as we're talking about promise this morning? Uh, And as we're talking about promise, we need to understand that our God is the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same God before Genesis, before the world began. It's the same God through the Old Testament, through the New Testament. And until one day we get to be with him in heaven, he's the same God. He's a generational God. And he's in this process of building on one generation and another generation. We worship a God that is timeless. What I mean by timeless is that he is not defined by our clocks by our schedules, by our agendas, and by our to-do lists. He cares about those things, but he's a timeless God that goes way beyond our understanding of time. (laughs) And here's what you need to know this morning is being a timeless God, he's never, ever, ever late. He's also never early. He's just in time. He knows the perfect timing for things, the right time to fulfill that promise, the right time to answer that prayer. He knows the exact right time when things need to turn around for your good. Trust him with your time. Trust him in that process. So promise. I think promise can be a tricky thing for us too. Because we can look at it through this world uh, underst- worldview and lens that you and I have of, through our culture and, and things around us. And, and things I think that you and I experience a whole lot in this life is empty promises. We give empty promises and we receive empty promises from those around us. It's not always intentional. Right, It's not always meant for harm or wrong, but it just is kind of part of this life that we live in. Let me give you a couple examples. If you have kids, how many of you have had kids and you know, you say, hey, you don't need to do that. Okay, mom and dad, I promise I will never, ever, ever chase the chickens again. But you know what that boy is going to go do again tomorrow? Chase the chickens. He didn't mean to break the promise. It was just an empty promise. He didn't really fully understand it. You know, if you maybe have teenagers or a preteen and, you know, getting cell phones at an early age is a big deal right now. And so kids will do just about anything they can possibly do to get you to buy them a cell phone. Mom and dad, I promise I will get my grades up. Mom and dad, I promise I will not be on that phone all day long if you get it for me. 
Mom and Dad, I promise I won't download those apps you don't want me to have on my phone. Bologna sandwich, <laughs> right? I mean, there's just all these empty promises that, like in hopes that they can get that cell phone, they will promise you the world, but it will probably end up being an empty promise because we're just, we're human. Now let's make it personal for a moment. Some of our empty promises. When was the last time that you committed to pray for somebody and you never did it? You intended to, you had good intentions to, but you never did. It was an empty promise that you gave. How many of you time, how many times have you committed to the Lord? Lord, I promise that area of my life is going to turn around. I promise I will never slip back into that area of sexual immorality. Lord, I promise I, this time, I, I, I'm for real. I'm for real. I'm all in. Like, I'm not going back there. And, and, and what happens days or weeks down the line, you might slip back into that. It was an empty promise. Maybe you've committed to getting past a, an alcohol or an issue or a smoking addiction or a drug problem that maybe you're dealing with and you say, I promise I'm going to get past this, but then you just keep slipping back into it. It's an empty promise. Maybe you found yourself in a relationship that you know you do not need to be in. Maybe there needs to be some boundaries up with that family member, or that friend, or maybe some love relationship that you're pursuing and the Lord has told you, Stop it, but you keep going back because it's an empty promise. And we say, God, I promise this year's the year. I'm going to read my Bible in a year. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to worship every day. This is yours. And what ends up happening? We miss some days in between. It's an empty promise. And so this is kind of the, the lens that you and I view the world. And when we're talking about promise, we come into this with this understanding of Okay, we have good intentions to do it, but maybe it'll never happen. And so we don't mean to, but we also put that on God. And I know you have made me some promises, but for whatever reason, it's not convenient in this season. So I guess you're just giving me false hope. I'm here to tell you this morning, your God does not give out false promises. They're sure Life is full of empty promises, and we don't mean to make them. That's just what life tends to do to us. And so we need to understand that our God is consistent. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as you're looking at the circumstances around you right now, I want you to say, God, you're a promise keeper, and so I can trust you. Today, I want to help you see, maybe for the first time, or maybe as a reminder, that God's promises are yes and amen. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, it's an amazing passage of Scripture because it talks about all the heroes of faith, all the men and women that have faith that was way bigger than the others around them. The interesting thing about all these men and women is that they too had difficult things that they had to walk through, but they had great faith. In verse 33, it says, By faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. God fulfilled those promises to them, but it wasn't without difficulty. 
We saw their hardship. We saw the difficulty, but they are called the great men and women of faith because they remain steadfast in believing that God is who He says He is. If He's given me a promise, I can believe in it. And so they kept bouncing back. They endured hardship. They kept moving forward. They kept holding on to God's promise, and they would not let go of it until they saw it fulfilled. But look here what it says in verse 39 of chapter 11 of Hebrews. It says, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. Every single one of them. None of them received all that God had promised. What does that mean? You see, there were still some promises that would be fulfilled in the coming generations that they did not get to see. I believe God is putting some promises in our hearts that we may not get to see in this generation. But God is saying, I want you to start fighting for it. I want you to start interceding and praying for it. I want you to start believing that I am a faithful God and that I will move throughout the generations. And so we have got to remain positioned in promise. You know, this morning as I'm thinking about that, there are some promises that I'm holding on to, that I'm standing on and believing for because the Lord has spoken to Christine and I. You know, when we look at our family when we look at this church, when I look at some of you, the Lord has put some promises in our hearts for all three of those areas, and we haven't seen them fulfilled yet. When I think about my oldest two, Camden and Hope, God has put some promises in our hearts before they were born. He said, this is what I'm going to do in their life, and we have yet to see that fulfilled, but I know it's going to happen. Whereas we're raising our younger three, Grayson and Logan and, and Nora, God is beginning to put some promises in our hearts as to what it is that he's called them to. And and so I'm having faith to believe that we're going to see that fulfilled one day. What is it that you're holding on to and waiting for God to, to do through promise? What has he promised you? Don't lose hope. Remain faithful. Keep on believing. Maybe you're waiting for a change in your profession, in your job situation. You just don't see how it's going to happen. Keep on trusting. Maybe your health isn't where it needs to be, but God has given you a promise. Keep on believing. Whatever it is, just keep on trusting your God as you're waiting for that spouse, that loved one, that friend to surrender their life to the Lord. Keep on believing and praying by faith. And so I think it's important that we get a word from the Lord that we get these words from the Lord that we can stand on as we read them in His Word, as the Holy Spirit inspires us and speaks to us. I think it's important that we lean into that because those words, when they're given to us, help us to remain steady in the shakiness of life. Whenever it doesn't seem like things are going the way they should, you can say, okay, God, in the physical, it doesn't look the way I know that you've told me it's going to look. And so I can stand on this word that you've given me and believe that the change is coming. We've got to hide that word, those words in our heart. I want to be called a great man, and I want you to be called great men and women of faith as well. And, and so a big part of that is remaining faithful to the call, remaining faithful 
to the promise because your God is a promise keeper. He is. Your God is a way maker, and all of his promises are yes and amen. Turn over to Genesis chapter 28 with me now. We're going to look at the story of Jacob. This is one of the men of faith that was spoken about in Hebrews 11. And so I want to take you to so that we can just look at a snapshot of, of his story. And I want to pull some application from this in just a moment. We're going to read Genesis 28, verses 10 through 22. Um, so quick overview of Jacob. His grandfather was Abraham. Jacob was the one that was given the blessing from Abraham that he would be the one to carry on the promise that the Lord gave to him and the descendants that would come from him. You and I are a result of that promise. And we continue to carry that promise uh, to the, even to the next generations that will follow you. Uh, and so here's Jacob's life, all right? He's in this season, and, and we're going to read this part of the story. And I'm going to highlight a few things and share some things with you as we walk through this text together, all right? So verse 10. Genesis 28, 10-22. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. I want to pause just for a second. It was a good place. There is no wrong place for you to encounter God. In your car driving to work, in your bed as you're laying down at night, in the business meeting that you're sitting in around the table, it is a good place to encounter Jesus. We just have to make room for it. There is no wrong place for that. Make room for him in your everyday going around life. Let's keep reading. So he stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and laid down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairwell. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. Now this is significant. I want to pause there just for a moment again. Your God is above it all. He stands at the top. He's overlooking. He's overseeing. He's in it. He's not blindsided. He's not worried about what it is that you have going on in your life. He's over. It all, nothing is outside or above him, amen? That's where the Lord was standing at the top of the stairway. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. Pay attention to this again. He's a generational God. He's saying, I was faithful to your grandfather. I was faithful to your father, and I will continue to be faithful to you. I am at work here. I am doing something that's bigger than you. It's bigger than your grandfather. It's bigger than your dad. So keep on following me and trusting me. And so here's a promise that he speaks to him. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and to your descendants. Verse 14, your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. That was the same promise he spoke to Abraham. They will spread out in all directions, to the west, east, east, the north, and the south. I want to pause there for just a moment. God's doing something big in our midst. It's way bigger than you can imagine or even think of. 
He's doing something so big and significant in your life. If you could see it right now, you would start dancing and shouting hallelujah. He is wanting to spread out to the east, to the west, to the north, and to the south. He wants you to have influence in the community around you. In the lives that are directly around you, he's called you to have influence. He's doing something great through you. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. He's saying, watch what I can do as I am building a legacy through your name. A legacy is coming behind you. Take your positions. Stand still and watch what Jesus is going to do, church. Verse 15. What's more, another promise. I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. If it's not good, it's not over. If it's not good, then God's not finished with it yet. I will not leave you until I've fulfilled everything that I've promised to you. Some of you need to hear that this morning. You're discouraged. You're doubting. You're wandering in a wilderness right at this very moment, even in your mind, and saying, I, I feel like some promises have been broken by God. But I'm wanting to tell you this morning, he's wanting to restore some things. He's wanting to build some things up on the inside of you. Verse 16. I'll stop interrupting the, the Word of God. <laughs> Let's read all the way through. Verse 16 to 22. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning God got up very Jacob, excuse me, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it, and he named that place Bethel, which means house of God, although it was previously called Luz. Then Jacob made this vow, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, if, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will surely be my God. Because that was the promise that he had just spoken to him a couple of verses previously. Verse 22, in this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything that he gives to me. And so here's some things I think we can learn from this. I've got three quick application points that I'm going to give to you this morning. As we are positioning ourselves in promise, I think point number one, we need to take time to discover what it is that he's promised. To dive into his word and discover, okay, Lord, what is it that you've promised me? What is it you promised us as a church? What is it you promised my family? We need to, to lean into Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're saying to me? And so always in your, this discovering process, ask these two questions. What does God's word say surrounding my situation? What does God's word say surrounding my situation? And the second question is, what does the Holy Spirit have to say about it? 
What does God's Word say surrounding my situation, and what does the Holy Spirit have to say about it? We've got to take time to discover the story that is bigger than little old me and know that He's doing something beyond us and to, just to get a glimpse of that. And so I think we've got to stop making it all about us. Sometimes when we think about promise, when we think about this amazing story, we think God's going to make me amazing. But actually, he's just wanting to use you because he's amazing. So don't forget that. We sometimes just got to get our eyes off of ourselves, and we got to start giving our life away to others. We got to start giving our life away to service. We got to start giving our lives away as we evangelize and we serve the poor and the needy and the widow and the orphan. God's called us to something that's bigger than just little old me. Amen. We've got to get a glimpse of this bigger picture so that we can discover the promises of God. Secondly, we need to wrestle with these promises. We need to discover them, and then we need to wrestle them out. We need to figure out, okay, what does this mean for my life? That's what I mean by, by wrestling. And I think that's why community is so beautiful, because we as believers can come to one another and say, hey, this is something the Lord's speaking to me. What do you think about it? And we can encourage each other. We can spur each other on and say, you know what? That's exactly what God says over here in Lamentations whenever he is saying this. Or this is exactly what Jesus was saying when he spoke to the people about this here. And we can encourage one another and pull those things out of each other. And we can also say, you know what, Blake? I don't know if that's a good promise. Uh, you might have you missed it because that doesn't line up with Scripture. And so we might need to have uh, kind of wrestle through this a little bit more and let's pray about it together and let's take time to discover, is this what the Lord is saying for, for your life? And so that's why we need each other. And so ask this question when you're wrestling through promise. How has the believers around me been walking this out in their lives? And then go find those believers and start talking about it together. Uh, this past week I had coffee with one of the dads that's in our church and uh, we were just talking about that message that I spoke a couple of weeks ago uh, regarding uh, positioned in our households, being rightly positioned in our households. And we were talking about what it is the Lord is speaking to us in this season as we are leading our homes. And we were encouraging each other as the Lord spoke personally to me. It encouraged him in how he can lead his family. And when he began to share the things that God had spoken to him, it began to encourage me about some new things that I wanted to adapt and put into my life as I lead my family. We've got to be that iron sharpening iron. You need me. I need you. We need each other. And that's why connect groups are so important because those are places where we can have those conversations and talk through, man, I'm struggling because of this, or this is going on and I'm doubtful and fearful and we can support each other and spur each other on and, and help each other as we work through some difficult situations. And, and so I also want you to ask the question, when you're, as you're wrestling through promise, what do I need to be doing while I wait? Waiting isn't just a posture where you sit back in your recliner and you chill out and you get comfortable as you wait for that promise to come your way. No, there's stuff to do. There's stuff God's called you to do. And so don't just sit by idly. Be about building his kingdom. Ask him, what, it is, what can I do right now as I am waiting? And then thirdly, most of us need to grab a hold of this part of promise. We need to rest. In order to be positioned in promise, you've got to rest in his promises. 
I will rest in your promises. You got to rest in it. We don't do good with resting. But you know, when we looked at Jacob and he had this vision from the Lord as he was praying and he encountered the presence of the Lord and he woke up from the dream and he remembered it, you know what he did? He kept resting his head on that stone and he went back to sleep. He rested in the promise that the Lord had given to him. He, and afterwards, he built up a memorial pillar of stones to be able to celebrate and say, this is what the Lord spoke. And so I can rest in it. I know if he gets me back to where I am supposed to be going, that I can rest that his promises are yes and amen. You need to rest in his promises. Rest. God, you look so uptight. You're not doing it this morning. Rest. Mike's doing a good job back there. (laughs) Rest. Stop carrying around worry. Stop carrying around things that you weren't meant to pick up. We've just been picking up some baggage that's not meant to be on your back and on your shoulders. It's weighing you down. Get it off and rest. And what he said is true. Rest. Choose to trust his timing. Stop trying to push it forward. And trust Him in the timing of it. Rest in it. Rest as you release those anxious thoughts right now in this place, this moment. Rest in the promises of your God. Discover, wrestle, and rest. And in closing, I want to share some of these amazing promises with you this morning. I've got 20 promises that I listed out that have Scripture with them. You're not, I'm going to go through these pretty quick so you're not going to be able to write them all down. You can find them in the Uversion Bible app. You can try to do some screenshots maybe of the, of the TVs as we're going through this list. But I want you to understand what your God has promised you. Number one, He will guide us in Psalms 48.14. Genesis 28.15, He is with us. Isaiah 41, He will help us. He will advise us, Psalms 32. He will make our path straight, Proverbs 3. He will satisfy our needs. He will be compassionate towards us. He will love you. He will be faithful to you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He'll never abandon you. If you stumble, you will not fall. You have been saved by grace. Your sins are forgiven. You're redeemed. You were cleansed of your wickedness. Because the Son is free, you too are free indeed. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we can be healed. He says in James 1, ask for wisdom and I will give it to you. The first Thessalonians 4 says, Jesus will return and we will live with him in eternity. He's a promise making, fulfilling, and keeping God. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? 
As you're standing to your feet, I just want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. This morning, I want you just to take some time to say, okay, Lord, what are some promises that need to be stirred back up in my life? What are some areas where I've stopped trusting you and stopped following you? In seasons of waiting, and wondering if it's ever going to come true, what are some promises that I've let go of that you spoke to me years ago that need to be reawakened? What have you promised me? What is it you're calling me to in this season of life? So right right there where you're at, ask this very same question that we ask every single week. Holy Spirit, what is it that you're saying to me? Thank you for tuning in to the Firm Foundation Church Podcast. If what you heard was inspiring or transformative, tell us about it. We love your feedback. Join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. We are located at 61070 M40 in Pawpaw, Michigan. For more information on how you can get connected, check us out at firmfoundation.church.